You are listening to the regular version of Sexy Marriage Radio, smrnation.com. Well, welcome to the show. I'm Dr. Corey Allen, alongside my wife, Pam. Hey. Each and every week, we have in-depth conversations trying to help couples across the globe frame their conversations about what goes on behind their closed doors so that they can propel life and marriage forward. Because we all face difficulties in life and in marriage, Mm -hmm. and it seems like if we can frame things better, we can find better paths forward. Yeah. And elegant solutions can arrive. Frame it better, look at it differently, be willing to change. So if you're new to the show or you want a simple way to tell your friends about SMR, we highly recommend our episode starter packs. These are collections of our favorite episodes organized by topic, and they help new listeners get a taste of everything we do here on the show. Go to smrnation.com forward slash starter or search for our show on the Spotify app. If you got some feedback for us about something we've missed or you want us to address or you know specifically cover for you and your marriage, send us a message by calling the show 214-702-9565 or email us at sexy... Oh, I got to give the actual part of the address first before That's I give helpful. you a web, website. That'd you, be great. I think after almost 11 years now, um, I'd know this email address. I think it's kind of rope. But- feedback at sexymarriageradio.com is the in- inbox of how you can reach us. Coming up on today's regular free version, we're joined again by Dr. Shalom Levitt. Mm. Um, Special treat for us. Was once a lawyer, Uh became a researcher, and has some valuable work that that she's done. And in in the regular content today, we're talking about the importance of non sexual touch and the bonding it creates and the connection that it can create. Mm -hmm. And Pam has some good takeaways. Uh, from this Oh, yeah, you're going to want to hear my takeaways, I'm and on, sure. <laughs> on the extended content today, which is deeper, longer, and there are no ads, you can subscribe at smrnation.com forward slash smracademy. Um, she's got some work out there on how do you talk to your kids about sex and sexuality. Mm. And so we dive into how does she do that? Mm-hmm. How does she framed it? Mm-hmm. All that's coming up on today's show. Well, it's a privilege to welcome back to the show, Dr. Shalom Levitt. Uh, you were on before... In the past, Shalom, on the whole world of sexual mindfulness. And then we even schnarch geeked out a little bit on the differentiation (laughs) versus attachment. So that's all in the archives in the show notes. Love Um, it. But Dr. Shalom is a a researcher, um, a a fellow clinician, a fellow, I mean, there's a lot, but, but you've also got the lawyer. Um, yeah, I'm and, actually not a clinician, oh, although I do teach classes for couples, but it's more like just relationship education. Well, thank you for clarifying that. Yeah. Um, but you're in the world of relationships in the clinic. I mean, yep. I kind of blend yep. the, all that together, I think, because I was thinking world. of what you do helps inform us clinicians. So um, it's very beneficial yeah. and it's great to have you back on the show. Thank you. And. You are always one that uh, I've, after I first was introduced to you um, virtually and then uh, had you on the show too, is I've kind of followed along with, with your research of, of what you have going on. Um, and right before we started hitting record, you were telling me about this, the idea of non-sexual touch and yeah. the importance of it that you've, so let's dive right in because I think this is one of those yeah. things. I've got lots of questions, and I know I'm going to try to speak for the audience here, and we'll see if I can carry okay. that weight. Super. Yeah, well, you know, I just, I it was just a whim that I even wrote this kind of public scholarship, this blog on 
uh, non-sexual mindful touch, right? So just giving someone a thoughtful hug or, uh, you know, an arm around their shoulder or just being affectionate in a non-sexual way. Mm -hmm. And I was just talking about ways that we could be more intentional about that and how that's really encouraging and comforting and an important part of being human, um, I, I introduced some research that was done a few years ago that actually shows that as a culture, as an American culture, we've become less and less connected with each other. In fact, we discourage touch, right? We're, I think we're all so paranoid right. about, you know, crossing over a line or appearing to even right. cross over a line. I don't want line. to give any hint or anything yeah. that, that could be skewed as... Exactly. So we've stepped back from it and we've really lost something, right? So we're longing to just be affirmed and, you know, physically affirmed with just a, a hello and a hug or a even a warm, you know, arm around your shoulder. So many ways we can do this. Um, and the response to this blog is what res what really shocked me okay. was within a few days, I had 350,000 hits. And it it surprised me and my editor at Psychology Today. And, you know, I was just, I've been thinking since then, why does this strike such a nerve mm -hmm. with people? We're all experiencing it at some level. Mm -hmm. And and I learned from some people who emailed me about the article um, that there are groups and they have cuddle buddies, right? Maybe they're singles, they don't, they're not in a relationship. But they can watch a movie together and just be close to one another. Right. Like just touch another person. Right. Right. And so there's just this importance of, of recognizing this need that we have for that. And then intentionally going about it and, and putting that not only into our lives, but into the lives of others. You and I were just talking about teenagers and how they they get a little prickly, right? At at certain times of their life where they're like, they're trying to prove to us that they're independent mm -hmm. and they can think for themselves, but they also physically pull away from us. Right. And I have noticed as a parent, and I'm sure you have, it is so important for us to say, yeah, that's not going to happen. And I'm going to give you a big fat hug every day mm -hmm. and let you know that I physically care about your well-being as well. Right. And that's because that's so interesting, because if you think about it, um, looking throughout history and I don't I'm just speculating because there's there's there would be markers I would guess that would show okay we need to watch ourselves here okay we need to watch ourselves here oh now and that's kind of created this evolution of more and more distance among yes. us as people or or less and less affection being shown because yes. it's construed or it's it, some of them are absolutely do cross the line. Let's just go ahead and get that out in the open. Sure. Yes, but, and we don't want to do that. Absolutely, but there was an element of society from way back that rough and tumble play, um, hugging. You know, that would be like, "Whoa, what are those kids? Do? Oh, they're just playing, right?" It's actually yeah. nothing sexual. It's just an exploration. And could That's it be right. bordering on sexual? Yeah, maybe, but you know, or, it just it's so weird, right? Not. Okay. We've become so sensitive, right, to to calling everything sexual. Yes. And and that's a real problem. One research article that that I tapped into with this um blog was some research 
that was done, you know, over a number of cultures. And what it showed was that those cultures that were just naturally more affirming and physically affectionate with their children had far lower rates of violence from their adults. Okay. Right? So we're teaching something here that you matter to me. In fact, you're physically you matter to me, right? I want to create that connection of hugging, just touching somebody's hand, putting your arm around them, being okay to, you know, put your hand on someone's knee when they're going through something tough and say, I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. I I hear what you're struggling with. We are so much more distant and create this, you know, space between us. We talk about this American space, right? That we have right. much more personal space right. than other cultures. And while that's fine, we also need to recognize the weaknesses of it. Right. Yeah, because you go further and further apart from each other, there is a consequence that comes with that. Just like if you get closer and closer and closer to somebody. I mean, that's the whole world of separateness and togetherness, right? We all have thresholds of it crosses a line of like, okay, now we're getting some unintended consequences or some unexpected things that happen. I mean, that's look at societies across history, right? Of, oh, we'll implement this in reaction to that. And then the unintended consequence becomes something else and and it's a different problem. I would say that one of those unintended consequences is that we're just less connected, not just physically, but because we are creating a little more personal space, we're less connected emotionally, right? Like when, when we're not connecting physically, just with these gentle non-sexual touches, we are less in tune with the emotions of that person as well. And so maybe I just don't tune in to that, to the fact that you're having a really bad day today. And had I not been in this habit of creating space and distance, I would have tuned into that. I would have seen, oh, you know what? There's not that sparkle in your eye, or I just notice your your shoulders are slumping a little more, right. or whatever it is. And so I don't tune into the deeper, more emotional um, connections that I could have. And is that then where the whole world of mindful, non-sexual touch mm-hmm. comes into play? Is, yes. is it's calming myself down to not just do rote exchanges? <laughs> or That's right. or surface level connections only. Yeah, and and one thing that I really like, you know, whenever we talk about mindfulness, we're talking about a number of aspects of our internal process. First of all, the biggest part is that we're talking about being aware. Aware of what I'm feeling inside and then as I can calm myself, I can be more aware of what's going on with people that I interact with. Mm-hmm. But the other element of it is trying to eliminate judgment, right? So when I start feeling anxious or uptight, um, I might judge myself and say, oh, I always do this. I'm such a loser. I, you know, whatever that is. Right. Um, Or I may do that about other people. I may pass off these judgments. Well, the opposite of judgment is curiosity, right? Can I be curious? Why am I feeling that? Yeah. Wonder about yourself a little bit. Why am I down today? Why am I a little afraid to make this connection with this person? Why is my partner acting cranky 
what's going on in their internal world, right? So once I can start being curious about myself, my world, all sorts of things open up. And first of all, I remove that barrier of me versus my spouse or me versus my coworker. And instead I'm like, Hey, let's, let's, let's investigate this a little. Let me figure out what's going on in your world. Yeah. Now a word from our sponsor, better help. So Pam, throughout the course of our marriage coming up on 30 years now, there have Mm -hmm. been several times that we would not be where we are without the help of good therapy. Through that. Sometimes, and I look back on all of that, and I think a lot of the times that uh, I felt stuck was I was focusing on problems instead of solutions. Mm-hmm. And, and it's fascinating to me because even as a therapist, I can still get caught in that, that situation where I just focus on the problem. Mm-hmm. And that's what bogs me down, weighs me down. And it's actually hard to train our brains sometimes to get in problem-solving modes. Mm-hmm. And that's where good therapy comes in. That's why I think people should try therapy. And again, that's why each and every week when BetterHelp is a sponsor here at SMR, which they have been for quite a while, uh, this is one therapist recommending other therapists because they're not always going to have a good fit with Mm -hmm. your therapist. And Mm -hmm. BetterHelp is a great solution to try to help find better ways to look at the solutions to your problems. So if you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp's a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and it's entirely online. You can get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and you can switch therapists at any time because again, I know full well, I don't match with every client. If you try out BetterHelp and the therapist you're starting with doesn't work, you can try out a different one. It's all in-house. So if you want to become a better problem solver, therapy can help get you there. So visit betterhelp.com slash SMR and get 10% off your first month. That's better, H-E-L-P dot com slash S-M-R and get 10% off your first month. Our long-term sponsor for today is Manscaped, Pam, a big fan of the show. Mm. And, and we're a big fan of them too. And we so. are a big fan. That's a better Kinda way to say it. Yes, it is. So it is now fall. And so it's the season of pumpkin spice and making sure that your crotch looks nice. Didn't. I've never put those two together, but no. it makes complete sense because it means... <laughs> That Manscaped's products are here to make sure all of your grooming needs are taken care of. So join the over 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping when you use our code SMR. So whether you're brand new or you're already with us at Manscaped, you could use the crown jewel of the care for your family jewels, which is the Platinum Package 4.0. With this glorious package, you align your entire hygiene routine in one fail swoop. You get all kinds of good thing, which is the lawnmower 4.0, the weed whacker nose ear and hair trimmer, the advanced skin safe technologies on all of their products, which is fantastic. Because mm-hmm. when you're when you're trimming the nether regions, fellas and ladies, mm. you just need to be delicate and Safety careful. First. And and they've got you covered. <laughs> they also have a body wash, a premium two-in-one shampoo and conditioner. You'll have your skin and hair feeling hydrated and smelling fresh. Go to manscaped.com to get 20% off and free shipping with the code SMR. Again, that's 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com when you use our code SMR. Manscaped helps take care of all of your grooming needs and make sure you are fresh heading into the fall season. 
This is that whole aspect of if I'm really wanting to connect with somebody, because I think there's, there are some people that have more that bent, right? Okay, let me, I'm kind of wandering in my, I got lost in my own head for a second, because this is what just came to my mind too, is I had a conversation with Pam, my wife, not too long ago. Um, we're sitting at a concert with our kids and I lean over and I say, you know what, I'm, I'm coming to the understanding that there's a possibility I'm much more introverted than I've ever allowed myself to accept. Or believe. Interesting. Because I've always thought of myself as an extrovert. I've always scored if, you know, Myers-Briggs tests, those kinds of things as extroverted. And I took one and I I flipped to introverted. Interesting. And I'm curious how much of that is societal and pandemic and element of life that had the world yeah. has changed because there are dramatic dramatic yeah see i'm putting two words <laughs> That's together a new word. yes. i like that everybody knows what i'm talking about here so it's a word <laughs> let's go with it um but there are big changes that have happened to our world to where yeah. like here in texas when my wife and i go walk in regularly and it's not at all uncommon that when we come across somebody we will not just pass each other on the sidewalk we actually kind of give each other room Mm -hmm. That personal space is getting bigger and bigger. It's it's six feet or more. I mean, (laughs) but it's just, it's so I'm just curious because you think about there are some now that have a bent towards, yes, I want that touch. I want that affection. I want that connection. And you can see them when you're in a group of people. They're the ones that are walking around, hugging, jovial, arm around, nudging, Mm -hmm. you know, those kinds of things. Then you got some that are like, don't touch me, don't touch me, don't touch me. Yeah. And neither one are necessarily right or wrong. It's just, how do we find as the trend yeah. has gone the where there can actually be connections that are what you're saying is are valuable for everybody? We're all longing for this to some degree. Yeah. Boy, you bring up so many interesting points. Uh, lots of things going through my head. First of all, the fact that the whole pandemic has kind of rewired our brains in some, you know, some fine ways, but maybe some ways that we need to work to rewire it in a more healthy way. Right. Um, we have created bigger spaces, more distance between us. We're, I think a lot of us have realized that if we were on the border line of being an extrovert or an introvert, maybe we're switching a little. And and we call that an ambivert, right? That I can maybe move between both okay. depending on my internal state, right? Mm-hmm. I can be an extrovert if if I'm feeling that way, but it's almost, you know, like, oh, how am I going to wake up today, an introvert or an extrovert? Okay. So that's actually pretty normal. And we need to know that about ourselves so that we can still move in healthy directions. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and then you brought up this idea that some people aren't the ones who are seeking out touch. Some are, right? And those are kind of the easy people because uh, you can respond to them and kind of meet that need. Um, But what about the person who's a little, you know, more standoffish? I would suggest that a lot of those still need that touch. Mm -hmm. They don't know how to ask for it. Um, they, They feel uncomfortable maybe initially, but once it's offered in a authentic, comfortable way, it actually like heals their soul, right? We we need this more than we actually acknowledge yeah. we need it. Now there are those. I have a daughter who's actually autistic, and so touch is really um, a big issue for her. She will let me hug her. She'll let me, you know, yeah. give her all that mommy love. Yeah. But um, 
she's tolerating it. It's not that she wants, you know, she's she's not <laughs> right, longing right. for it. No, that's a good and, descriptor um, of she tolerates it because I think there are some yeah. in the world that are absolutely that, right? They kind of they tolerate yeah. that. That's a societal expectation. It's a it's a familial component yes. of life. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So we do we have to know you know, our people, we mm -hmm. have to know what's going on in their life. You know, I, and even with Eliza, my daughter, I'll ask her, I'll say, can I hug you? I just, I feel like you need a hug. And even if she really doesn't, I need to hug her. Right. <laughs> and so she's really good with that. So yes, absolutely. We have to be careful in making sure there's consent, right? That we're making sure that we're not crossing a boundary that uh, is doing harm or making someone feel overwhelmed by right. what we're doing. Right. But but we do need to be aware that there's a lot of people who don't know how to ask for it. A lot of children, a lot of adults who don't know how to ask for. I just need someone to hold me for a second. Right. My body is holding all of this sorrow and woundedness on its own. And a touch, we we know from research, a touch, a hug, pressure on a hand literally changes the chemical makeup of our brain, right? We relax, cortisol levels go down, okay. dopamine increases a little, right? So all of these well-being markers actually kind of adjust to, you know, healthier levels. So yes, we have to be respectful. We, we want to make sure we're not crossing boundaries, but I think we also have to Maybe explore this idea, open up this topic with people we love and care for. Right. And so does this then, because that, that's a great pivot point, I think, because you, you're talking about this on a, on a community level, if you will, or a, a neighborhood, a, a group of people that we do life with. It's not necessarily within my same home, but it's people I'll see at church. It's people like I work with. It's, it's neighbors. Yes. It's, uh, kids parents that we know you know yes. that you know because yeah. there are stages of life where you're known as oh you're will's father right <laughs> and so I, I i mean i still to this day have fun with one of my son's friends because he's like hey will's dad and i'm like hey will's friend you know that's just the way we re <laughs> respond to each other just kind of jokingly yes but but when we pivot that towards in the home because this is one of the things i keep coming across from listeners and even with some clients in the past is this idea of Everything I do is construed in my marriage as sexual touch. And I've even gone mm -hmm. out and said, what, sex, what touch in marriage isn't sexual? Because it could easily lead to it. Yes. But it doesn't mean it does. And so it's, there's still just this element of friction that comes into this play when we have a map of each other to know, oh, that touch on the small of my back I know my defense. I know where he's going. My defense is better get up and ready to go for later because I know where it's going, right? So, yeah. but it's still that doesn't mean it's not valuable and right. necessary still, right? And in fact, I would suggest that the more non-sexual, mindful touch you have, the easier it's going to be to transition into sexual touch, right? right? I've laid this really hefty, healthy foundation of, I just care about you physically, emotionally, 
And yes, does that does that often lead me into sexually? Sure, in a healthy relationship it does. Right. And that will be okay the more the the thicker and richer that non-sexual touch is. Right. So the, let's help out the two, the two sides of this equation then real quick. Because mm-hmm. you've got the the person that wants to up the touch, which typically the higher desire and using Schnorch's yeah. fr- framework here. Yeah. Um, and it would be there the, you know, the love language is what I hear a lot. My love language is physical touch. And so that's yeah. the way I want to show it. But she, and we'll just go stereotypical here, okay, always gets into the defense mode and she doesn't even, I can't even hug her. I can't yeah. even walk up behind her and put my arms around her waist. I can't even. So what do we say to that guy Yeah. on heading into this crucible, if yes. you will, because it's going to, it's, it. it's fraught with some pushback and some consequences and reactions. Yeah. What I would say to that guy is something's happened in your relationship where she's not irrational, right? Something has happened where your touch always means, hey, let's take it to the next level. Okay. Instead of your touch meaning, gosh, I care about you. Right. I really am thinking about you, loving you. I just wanted to give you a hug and let you know I appreciate you. So somehow he's rushed right by that that first foundational message and he just, you know, immediately moves to sex. Now this isn't unusual for men right. because men struggle a little bit and and we're talking in generalities, right? Absolutely. Men struggle a little bit to connect on that emotional level, which for women is the foundation of sex is the emotional connection of sex. For men, it's the physical connection of sex, right? So we just, for so I would say to that man, you're going to have to learn to flip that, right? So push yourself a little bit to say, to hug her and say, oh yeah, I didn't want sex. I just wanted to tell you um, how I've been thinking about you and I, and how I fell in love with you for the first time because of your generosity or, you know, whatever, right, some kind right. of thought that he doesn't take it to sex immediately. Try that for two weeks and notice the change in her. Yeah. Where give her a little space to actually desire sex, okay. where he's been hovering and pushing it at every turn and every touch means I want sex. Right. That gets fatiguing. Yeah. Right. So give her a little space, which that's really hard for the high desire partner. Yeah. But it's necessary. Right. And I, let me, I want to see how this lands because what I'm, as I'm hearing you walk through this, I love the idea how it started of um, one, her reaction's not wrong. Right. It's, it, there's a map, there's a trend, there's a history that there's truth. Right. It's based off of a truth. That, right. was, that was my life. I, I had a realization of like, whoa, I only show affection when it is tied to. Yeah. I don't want to be that. That's too easy to read. I don't want to, I don't want to, <laughs> nothing else. And it's not as rich and thick as you want no, it to be. No, it's not at all. Um, but then the other side of it, of coming up to her and offering up some sort of affection, some sort of a touch. And my mind went on by saying, I'm not, I'm not interested in sex. I don't know if I would go there personally because I am right. interested right. in sex. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. We, we want to be honest. But but I think the idea would be something along what came to my mind, Shalom, is something along the lines of, hey, the main thing I'm trying to display here is 
Yeah. I'm yeah, into I like you. That a lot. I I love you. I love our journey together. I love this aspect. And then handle, because this is where it pivots, I think, too, for the him, for the husband, is handle if she doesn't respond, if she doesn't re, you know, hug in kind, if she doesn't whatever yeah. initially, that's okay. You have displayed yeah. something good and then go forth with your day and continue to be who you are and consistent. Yep. And then comes in the see what happens over yeah. the days that come. And in fact, I might even add, expect that she's not going to respond. There expect you go. That because she's a little suspicious. Like you're you're pivoting here. Right. You just changed uh, your map. You just changed your yeah, plan. Now what do you really want? Now right. you're just leaving. And so you might have to give it, like I said, a couple of weeks and uh, let her settle into the reality of your your authentic yeah motivation okay. to just be close. Okay. So now let's flip it to her. That yeah. she's the one that is going to be more eh, I don't I don't want the touch. Even deep down you're saying, yeah, we all do. We all we yeah. all benefit from it even though it might elicit various reactions or shut down or run or the yeah. different kinds of things cuz I just it it creates things in me cuz it it's too close, too uncomfortable. Uh, it's trauma yeah. from the past. I mean, there's a lot of different things that get triggered yeah. from these things. It's but, just begun uh, to have this meaning that isn't so healthy right. in my life, okay. right? So what's what's the best steps for her? And again, yeah. we're speaking stereotypically because these could switch yeah. genderly. Okay, so you know, one thing I have couples do when they go through my intervention um, is we do an early on activity called hugging to relax. Yep. And Schnarch talks about this a bit. And um, so we just stand next to each other, put our arms loosely around each other and hug for a good long time. And I mean, five to 10 minutes. Right. That's, that's a really, really long hug. Yes, it is. And you just want to breathe and focus on what's happening, what thoughts are coming to my mind, what's happening in my body. And what I think people start, and, and I suggest that you you do hugging to relax the first time you come back together for in, in the day, like, you know, after work, you come in the house and you just hug for 10 minutes silently, right? You're just focused on what's going on for me. What's my internal world telling me? And then afterward, you do a little exercise. I call it heads together. You put your foreheads next to each other. So you really can't focus on each other. Right. You're too close. Right. But you just talk to each other and debrief. This is what I felt during hugging to relax. The first time my husband and I did this, um, he's much taller than I am. He's like 6'3". And uh, I'm 5'3". So I... I we were doing this and I just noticed him kind of like leaning on me. Every every few seconds he just started to lean in and put his weight on me and I'd kind of like stand up straight and kind of readjust and right. And so afterward we talked about what this meant for our general relationship. It brought up weeks worth of conversations that were pretty intimate for mm -hmm. us that we were really getting down to some core issues, some foundational elements that maybe were a little off balance, mm -hmm. just like our hugging to relax yep. was off balance. Yep. And um, I would suggest that women will really benefit from hugging to relax. It's touching, 
but it's definitely got this boundary that it's not sexual mm-hmm. and it's going to bring up all sorts of emotional topics that need to be explored. Right. And, and that's, that's, that's a great insight on just that exercise, right? Just because yeah. the whole, the whole premise being, if I'm standing on my own two feet and my spouse is as well, how do we stay close to each other without overreacting yeah. to each other, but settling myself enough? Yeah. How do we interact? Them? Yeah. And it's, it's not easy. It's complicated and it changes, you know, from phase to phase of life. Yeah. So it's, it's a nice touchstone to just come back to and say, okay, what do we need to tackle? What yeah. do we need to address? Yeah. Cause that's that idea of what you, what you mentioned earlier is the learning to tolerate some of this. Mm-hmm. Which is an interesting word because tolerating oftentimes means it's going to be something uncomfortable. But that's what's so interesting about this too is the fact that there are always elements of touch for people that initially are uncomfortable. Yes. and I'm meaning appropriate touch here, right? Yes. That, that yes. are uncomfortable. And it's like if if I have somebody come up that I don't know and we hug and they hold on a little bit long, and it's like, yeah, okay, what are you doing? <laughs> but but all of that is data that I can then yes. look at. Was it me? Was it them? Am I the representation of something for the, you know, there's a lot of different yeah. things I can start to unpack. Yeah. And then if I had the courage to go forward and say, uh, what was that? I just yeah. changed our relationship to possibly go really deep. You're right. There's the curiosity, uh-huh. right? Instead of like judging it and cutting it off, you're curious and saying, tell me more right. about, what was you know, that? whatever. Okay. You know. That's great. I like that. Okay. So Shalom, as we wrap up the first part of this, how, how can people find you so they can learn more uh, about your yeah, work? Yeah, just on my website, www.shalomlevitt, and that's spelled C-H-E-L-O-M-L-E-A-V-I-T-T.com. Perfect. And, uh, you know, we have we have some classes that we offer once in a while on these types of things. Um, and just mostly it's just information, right? We're just trying to help people have stronger, healthier relationships, including sexual relationships, right? Yeah. Where we're all just a little messed up from our culture that we live in. And so we have lots of lots of blogs on that. Perfect. Well, Shalom, thank you so much and blessings on the continued research thank and work you. that you do and the help that you provide. Thank you. So it's a treat to always have uh, Dr. Levitt back on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody that's got the schnars background too, but also yeah, that's is super fun for you. It, I love it that. is, it is for me. Yes. Cause we can talk <laughs> shop and, and she sees things very, very similarly. But, uh, as you've listened to the conversation, I'm curious what, what jumps out to you? What's so one of my, um, I had a couple of things. One was more of a definition that I think was, was good for me, Okay, but I'm gonna, I'll go to that in a second. Um, when you're not connecting physically, you're not tuning into the emotional cues of those around you. Yeah. And and within the marriage relationship, I I think that that is huge. How often do we can we go two or three days when we're just dealing with business? You know, we're just dealing logistics. with logistics, the, the logistics of life, yep. and and you get in bed and are falling asleep and thinking. I'm not sure I even touched my spouse at right. all today. <laughs> or maybe even looked at them. Maybe we gave we each other even... <laughs> a peck on <laughs> right. the cheek or, or on the lips. Right. Um, and and that I just identified with that mm-hmm. in how touch 
is so important right. in, in how I've recognized that in my own life. And, and when I do feel connected or don't and paying attention to those cues. Yeah. And, and I love how she was pulling out how we long for that. There's mm-hmm. something that's so mm-hmm. good that comes from that, that mm-hmm. we are desperate for it and how society has shift, shifted in, mm-hmm. in some ways for the good. But also sometimes we have a tendency as a culture to go too far to an extreme. Mm. Yeah, pen, right? pendulum bad back and forth. Bad things happen, and so we go all the way to the other extreme. And yeah. so therefore, any touch, nope, bad, can't do it. Do I have your permission? Blah, blah, And on and on and on it goes yeah. when it's based out of good things, but it's still a necessity yeah. of, of what we need. And then what was your definition? That- oh, when you're t- talking about mindfulness, I think of that as kind of this new age, this or that, mm-hmm. whatever. But, you know, being focused. So mindfulness, being aware not judging, but really taking that lack of judgment to be curious. Yeah, It's not that I'm not going to judge. It's that I'm actually going to be curious and learn more. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to use this as a tool to learn more. Right. And that's that, you know, curious is a huge word in our, in our house. In our house. It right. Is we sure. use it a whole it's a bunch. Key for me. And don't be judgmental. Thank you, Ted Lasso. Be curious, <laughs> right. not judgmental. Right. Um, but it is one of those things that is so fascinating to think about the interweaving of what goes on in marriage and how we can get so focused on one thing we neglect another yeah. or and how it's so important to keep that bond and that connecting and touch is a great way Absolutely. to do it. Well, if you like the show, you can help us out by rating and reviewing SMR on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or however you listen. Your comments help us spread the word about the show and help others frame their conversations about what goes on in their marriages. Transcripts are available in the show notes on each of the episode's pages. All the advertisers, deals, and discount codes are also found on each of the episode's pages at smrnation.com. Please consider supporting those who support the show. The greatest compliment you can give us is to share the show with those that you care about. Uh, particularly those that you want to touch in your life. That's right. Remember, we improve those around us when we improve ourselves. So take on yourself first by applying what you hear each and every week. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.